Hello, everybody. Thanks for joining joining us. I'm Marikita Solis of WeDidIt.Health, and I'm excited to be here today. If you're watching, um, please give StreamYard permission to use your name, and we'd love comments and questions. Um, at WeDidIt.Health, we believe that being vegan is the ultimate solution for human health, climate healing, and for conscious animal compassion. Our vision is for a healthy, happy vegan world. And to achieve this mission, our mission, to achieve this vision, our mission is to implement interpersonal communications tools and strategies to inspire others to change their lifestyle. Our strategy is to nurture a community that will support vegan plant-based ambassadors with training, education, conversations, emotional well-being, and resource creation. Our strategy is to grow the community by partnering with other organizations who have a similar vision and whose work we can complement with our unique strategy. Today, we're so honored to have food healers, BJ Allen, BJ Allen and Allison Hamji. They're both certified climate healers and will be presenting all about World Food Healers Day coming up on November 19th and why it matters to us all. Climate Healers is one of We Did It's important collaborator, collaborators. Its founder, Dr. Salish Rao, is one of We Did It's founding ambassadors. Climate Healers works as an inclusive worldwide network of plant-based activists and organizations, all working to create a vegan world by 2026 by building the new rather than fighting the old. World Food Healers Day is the key to the vegan world that we are creating. So welcome, ladies. Thank you for coming. Thank you, Marikita. Thank you. I remember the first time I met your founder, Peter Goldstein, and we talked about how you're all about inspiring people to be plant-based. And um, we agree with that at Climate Healers. And that's why I'm so excited to share with you today about World Food Healers Day. I think you're going to see that it's a great way to inspire other people. And also the, la the last time that I spoke with Peter, he actually told me that in addition to the three elements that you just described, um, health and compassion for animals and environment, he's talking about a fourth category, which is world hunger, which is another way to talk with people about uh, plant-based nutrition and about uh, veganism. And so um, that's really what we're going to talk about today. We're excited to share with you about this event that's coming up on November 19th, which is World Food Healers Day. And thank you so much for putting up the website for this uh, event that's coming up. Um, you see it on the bottom of the screen there, world, uh, foodhealers.org. Um, we do have a presentation, which is a reflection of what you'll find when you go to that web page. So what we're presenting now comes almost entirely from the website. And um, I think we're ready. Um, if you would help PJ with putting that up on the screen. All right, here we go. Beautiful. So as you can see, World Food Healers Day on November 19, 2022, is all about one day, one dish, one aim, 
and one cow with a message. So you're going to learn about that cow as we go forward here. The cow that I'm going to tell you about, her name is Vega, and she attended COP26 in Glasgow. And this particular day, World Food Healers Day, will take place one day after the upcoming COP27 ends. COP27 is the United Nations Conference uh, of the Parties and is focused on climate change. So they've been doing this now 27 years. They've met 27 years on this subject. And we're having World Food Healers Day the day after the conference ends to demonstrate that when people like you and me come together and decide we're going to do something, that we can get it done. And so 27 years of discussing has made very slow progress. And we want to demonstrate on November 19th on Food World Food Healers Day that when we come together, we can get things done. And just today, our founder, Dr. Silesh Rao, put out a message talking about the act of concertation, how when we work in a concerted manner, then there's no limit to what we can do. As we uh, approach the um, United Nations COP27, which will take place in Egypt, we are preparing for World Food Healers Day, which will take place on November 19th. And we hope that you'll decide to join us. Um, BJ, let's, okay, you've got the next slide up. Uh, as you can see there, World Food Healers Day is about healing people, healing nature, and healing climate. And World Food Healers Day is about addressing world hunger with the right vegan recipe and the intent to show that with a vegan recipe, we can feed everyone on the planet. So did you know that for every pound of grain that we feed to a cow, that we could instead be feeding five pounds of grain to hungry and malnourished humans? Not only does it require, does it require inordinate amounts of water to raise a 600 pound cow, it takes five times as much grain to produce a pound of beef than it would to feed the grain to hungry humans instead. And no one would go unfed if we fed humans instead of feeding cows, chickens, and pigs, which in turn get fed to only the few that can afford it. Let's go to the next slide, BJ. So World Food Healers Day is about one day, one dish, one aim, and one cow with a message. Let me introduce you to our mascot, Vega the cow. There she is. Now, Vega went to the previous COP, uh, COP26 in Glasgow, and she got noticed. She was in the headlines in the, the Guardian newspaper. But unfortunately, Vega was also on the menu 
at COP26. And it's our hope that uh, one day Vega will no longer be on the menu. And on World Food Healers Day, November 19th, certainly she will not be on the menu. Let me also introduce you to Vega's friends. So you see Vega there on the left. As you go to the right, there's Flo, the chicken. There's Micron, the fish. And there's Obi, the pig. So we don't want any of these friends to be on the menu. We want them off the menu. Okay, let's go on to the next one. So World Food Healers Day is a day for people like you and me to heal the world by taking Vega and all of her friends off the menu. And what is a food healer? Let's go on to the next slide. A food healer is you. And today's message, as I said, from Dr. Rao, the founder of Climate Healers and of Food Healers, the Food Healers Movement, is that when we act together in unison, we can change the world. Gandhi and his Kadi movement, for instance, in India, when they decided that everyone was going to stop wearing the British clothing and to go back to wearing the Kadi clothing, the Indian clothing, they were able to take down the British textile industry just by making personal decisions. And I like to say that today is election day, meaning that every time we sit down at the table, we are electing whether we are going to feed the whole world or whether we're just going to feed a few people. And by changing our diet, our diets to a plant-based diet, we are choosing to feed everyone on planet Earth. Now you can also be a food healer. Let us share how, what, what it is that we're doing uh, and then we'll show you how you can join in with us. Go ahead, BJ, thanks. Yeah, so there are many ways to be a food healer and we really do wanna change this food system because right now our food system makes it easy for the very rich to get any food they want at any time and place. And we know this system has to change. And so this is a basic way we can do that um, as Allison has described so well, just by feeding the world free food. So one of the, way, one of the ways to do it is like they do in LA. It's Food Healers LA. If you look that up, you'll see a beautiful page. They have music, they're outdoors, they have food. Sometimes other groups come and they bring vegan food, but basically they started with a pot of Unity Stew. And Unity Stew avoids the basic allergens and is welcoming to all religions. And you can see that this looks fun. You see Jamin down in the bottom left. He likes to dress up in a Darth Vader costume and sing songs to the public. So he's, it's a very fun loving uh, way to do it. And it's in uh, California. Now, then we have Dr. Rao who uh, serves very differently the Unity Stew. This was in Phoenix, Arizona 
uh, during one of the hot months. So it wasn't, it was a cooler food and, uh, but it was still the unity uh, stew, but more pasta. <laughs> and it's very simple. As you can see, there's no tents and banners and music and they served a lot of people and that was one way to do it. And now uh, you're gonna tell about how you did it in Peru and then I'll come back to me. Okay, so yeah. Um, when I first heard that Dr. Rao had dedicated November 19th to world, uh, to food healers and making it World Food Healers Day, I, I don't think I've mentioned yet, I live in Lima, Peru. And so at that time, I decided not only that I was going to be a part of World Food, Food Healers Day, but that I was going to have, I was going to do everything I could to have Peru and even other parts of South America be a part of World Food Healers Day. And so I had a choice to make. Was I going to serve food myself or was I going to look for other organizations that I could join in with and help them to serve food? And I started a search for what was already happening in Peru. And I discovered that in Peru, there are more community kitchens than in any other country. I discovered that in Peru, there are 13,000 more than 13,000 community kitchens. And just in Lima alone, there are over 3,000 community kitchens. And then I discovered that there's an organization called Ollas Comunes Veganas, which is a vegan volunteer organization that is working with 25 of the 3,000 community kitchens in Lima to change to plant-based. And so when I told them about World Food Healers Day, they right away signed up to serve plant-based meals, 600 plant-based meals Yay. on November 19th. And I started volunteering with them. So pretty much once or twice a week now, I've been going. This is one example of a place where I went uh, where we are preparing vegan meals. It's very, very uh, basic um, environment. Some of them on the, are on the sides of cliffs. But um, what you'll find, I think, if you look around in your communities, that you'll find that there are other people serving food. And that's another way that you can do your that you can participate in World Food Healers Day by helping other organizations to participate or by helping them to go from meat-based to plant-based. Yeah, that's a marvelous thing that you you did. And you have, uh, and there's more to go. So you have 13 groups and they have plans to just keep making more and more of them uh, plant-based, right? Yeah, right. We're working with 25 and we wanna get to as you know, we're heading for 3000. That's what we're working toward. Mm -hmm. Might as well think big, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. And that's why we want to feed the world of vegan food, a unity stew on this one day. Now, here is the unity stew recipe template. It is a template because uh, you can use whatever veggies you have in your neck of the woods. 
So like it starts with two cups of legumes. Well, okay, you can use red beans or black beans or pinto beans or lentils, two cups of vegetables, any vegetables that you want, a cup of grains, a medium onion and a tomato. So those are the basic things right there and a green. So you have legumes, uh, starch type vegetables, leafy vegetables, onions, tomatoes. And when I say onions, it can be anything from the allium family. So it can be shallots, it can be leeks. And the same thing with a tomato. It can be a tomato sauce or a salsa, however you want to do that. Or a, a, maybe it comes in a, a, a saw, in a can, you, you know, however it works for you. And then they have the other spices, the lemon for the citric acid and your own spices. Now this recipe serves five people. So you would want to multiply that out times 10 to get 50. And these numbers over to the right are cents. It cost when, when Dr. Rao averaged, uh, found out what the cost was, he put the total cost 250 for five meals. That's what he did. And the instructions are down here. So where I began, which was different than Allison, I began by practicing stews and then taking it to friends and family. And sometimes it was kind of plain and I needed to spice it up. And sometimes it was, you know, well, it was always good. It was always good. <laughs> it wasn't a problem with that. Um, but I wanted to tell you that there are, what, however you adjust the stew, there are nine allergens that you want to avoid. Uh, no meat, wheat, tree nuts, soy, fish, selfish, eggs, peanuts, or sesame. And of course, no meat. Now, no uh, meat is not considered an allergen by the uh, universal meals. They didn't put it in there. But there is something called the Lone Star Tick, which is now making people allergic to, to meat. So isn't nature something, <laughs> you know, coming up with a tick to say, stop. And I have a friend who is allergic to meat and there's a, a wide range of uh, reactions to it. And a lot of people around the world are also uh, lactose intolerant and we have gluten-free. So here is the website on this page if you wanna go and look them up. They have a lot of different universal meals that avoid this. And in fact, a lot of minist some ministries now are trying some of these universal meals. So what I did was I looked on the Universal Meals website for a stew or a soup that was already there. And I decided to just uh, pick something that was called a black bean tortilla soup, which we'll, I'll show you in a minute. So here are the groups of foods. You have your alliums. You can pick any of these, uh, the onions or leeks, your tomatoes, your greens, which is kale for me and broccoli. I'd like the kale broccoli combination. I had a lentil here, celery, and then these were my starches and squash is always good. My gosh. And then some spices. So it doesn't have to be everything, you know, pick what you like or a recipe that you already have and make it a universal meal. The next one is a picture of the this is one of the, they have maybe over a hundred recipes to look at on universal meals. Now this is from PCRM, Physicians for Responsible Medicine. And so our Unity Stew has been approved by the Physicians for Responsible Medicine. So if somebody is asking, yes, this is a very good stew. It has all the things you need for a day. Um, now, if you were gonna only eat that, you might eventually need some uh, B12, especially if you're citified and all the 
uh, fruits and vegetables are cleaned of vitamin B12. So anyway, you see how this is a creamy black bean tortilla soup, but it didn't have any greens in it. So I just added kale to it and it was delicious. And I went off the checklist. Does it have everything that they that it needs? Uh, when I made it, I took out the tortillas and put rice, but a tortilla could be used. A corn tortilla would be uh, healthy, I would say. Anyway, if it's not covered with salt, <laughs> that's a matter of opinion, I suppose. Okay, so there are a lot of ways to participate. Uh, what, uh, what I did was I checked around at the local parks. Did I get a, did I need a permit? Yes, I needed a permit. Can I cook in my kitchen? No, they do not allow people to cook in your own homes and take it to the park in my area. The other thing is that uh, different places around the world require food handling permits. And on a food handling permit, you it costs from $7 to $60, depending on where you are. And so we now have four of my friends that are, have their food handler license. And so when we go serve food, you know, we'll, we'll meet the standards. So our next thing, since we couldn't cook in our homes and serve in the parks, was we, we wanted to find a location where we, there was a kitchen that we could cook from. The senior citizens uh, place was not uh, accommodating. So we looked at various churches and we were very fortunate. We have one who's considering it and another one who accepted, yay. And they've got a great location right downtown. So we'll be able to put out signs and banners. And I don't know, we may serve 50, we may serve 100. We're still working on that part. So that's how we began. We, we looked for a location and we got our food handler's license. And then I asked people I wanted to work with. You know, a couple of them live nearby. A couple of them are going to drive in from another town and we're going to do this. Okay, so here is one of the pages that you get when you sign, when you go to the food handler page. Right, Allison? Yes, there is a page on the website where you click on um, become a food healer. And it gives you these options of ways that you can participate. For instance, you can cook and serve meals, which is what BJ is working on. You can coordinate a location. And I think that what I'm working on may fall into that category where you work with someone else and you help them to sign up on this very website. Um, you can promote and network. So you can look to find out uh, in your area what organizations are already serving food and get them to sign up to participate on World Food Healers Day. You can volunteer uh, to help at another site where people are serving food on that day. And continuing down the list, you can donate food, you can donate resources like cooking space, pots, utensils, etc. Um, of course, you can donate money. And if you have another way that you'd like to contribute, then of course, you can click on other and we'd like to hear about other ways that you'd like to contribute. Um, there are many, many, many ways that you can participate. And I don't think that there's anyone that couldn't find some way that they could help and participate on World Food Healers Day. On the website, there's also a place for you to get in touch with us. 
And when you click on that page, at the bottom, you'll also find that there is a press kit already made for you with materials and images and logos. So if you wanted to make a banner or if you wanted to um, spread the word about this, there are materials there for you to be able to do that. Um, when we're finishing up here, I will have uh, Mariquita put the website up again uh, so that you can see that. You can copy it down. Maybe we can even put it in the chat. Everything is there. Everything that we've talked about so far today is on the website. And um, in addition to what we've mentioned so far, there is one thing. There are a couple of things that I would like to mention. One is that We Did It is a co-convener with Climate Healers of World Food Healers Day. It's one of at least 97 organizations worldwide which has signed on to being a co-convener of World Food Healers Day. So when you go to the website and you click on the co-conveners tab, you're going to see We Did It on the list of organizations that is participating. In addition, we have a, a convergence New Day event, November 5th and 6th. That's a weekend, Saturday and Sunday. It's coming up and the entire focus of that weekend is World Food Healers Day. And we have speakers from different organizations, people who will be serving food on November 19th and they'll be sharing how it is that they're going to be doing this and you'll be able to ask questions of them about what they're planning to do on World Food Healers Day. One of the speakers at that two-day convergence is Peter Goldstein, the founder of World Food of uh, We Did It. And Peter will be addressing the question of how veganism addresses world hunger and how it is that you uh, uh, a person who is active with We Did It, how it is that you can talk about world hunger and why that's relevant about why a, per- a person should consider being plant-based. So it's a whole different avenue of being able to talk with people about why you're plant-based and why it's important for people to participate in World Food Healers Day. I guess, uh, is there anything else you'd like to add, BJ, before we yes. open up to questions? Go up yes, right ahead. Yes, I home. would. Yeah, thank mm-hmm. you. I would love to uh, tell a little bit more about uh, BCOP, we call it, because there are other ways to participate in in World Food Healer Day. For instance, there's a woman that's going to speak that, Allison, you got for us, who uh, gets grants. So you can start building your network and then you may want to get grants so you can do this regularly because of course this is just the start this is to initiate action to provide free food imagine how that will change the world when people uh, working in some of these horrible jobs don't have to worry about food or when they can do it in community you know it saves money if you do it in a in a community one of the other people who's going to be speaking they they already feed three to four thousand people a day. So somebody is going to be there to talk about that. So we are going to have quite a variety of 
of people there and a number of ways to do it. So yes, come back on, um, Mariquita, and uh, and I hope if you have questions, you you let us know. <laughs> this uh, vegan conference of the peoples um, coming up on November fifth and sixth is actually VCOP eleven for climate healers. It's our eleven vegan conference of the peoples. And some of you probably will have participated in some of those. And the one coming up on November 5th and 6th is exclusively focused on this November 19th World Food Healers Day. But it's a similar format to what you've experienced before. It's the two days of presentations. And um, we just can't wait to have you join us there. Just uh, click on that link or go to that link that's uh, right underneath us there. And that will take you to the registration page for that weekend. Well, it's pretty simple. What do you think, Medikita? Which which one of these are appealing to you? Well, all of them. <laughs> so I think, well, I might, I mean, and I'm in the Atlanta area. And you would think that, I mean, that there's a lot of people here that can really work hard at this. Um, so it's just about starting to make the phone calls. Like who's willing to to let me set up or let alone, you know, who's maybe already working on it where I can go help them. Or, you know, who, even if it's like, I know some elderly people that have a community, you know, that that, that might be a good place like you had suggested. So, um, and what about maybe YMCA or something like that, or, you know, or, um, or a homeless shelter? Well, very good. Uh, yesterday I stopped into a homeless shelter because before COVID, um, they had served food there and, and they had churches who volunteered one day a month to do that. And I asked them if they were up and going and they're not, but they have another kitchen where they food and uh, they serve food. And I said, well, I would like to talk with the person about maybe we could get a group of us who could do that. So you're right. You, you go to a, just get to know them, find out what they do, what they like, what they, you know, and then you, then you can offer something. We, we need to know and, and be good listeners and then, and then find a way to connect with them because people are in need, but we don't want to tell them what they need. <laughs> Right. <laughs> right. I know, huh? I'm good at that. Okay. Here's what we need to start doing. I need to all line up. <laughs> right. And I feel that way too. I'm like, here, take this too. But you know, we got to. <laughs> and I love the banners that uh, they have in LA, which say love all feed all. Mm -hmm. what, what's better than that? I think mm -hmm. actually I'm going to have to come up with one because we're, we could have meat in the park and serve food from our kitchen if it's for our family and friends. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking about a banner that says um, free food families, you know, free food, comma, uh, friends. I mean, free food, mm -hmm. friends. And mm -hmm. then whoever comes up is a friend. Yeah. We'll see. I'll let you know how that goes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was just, um, well, if we were at a park, how would you keep out the stew warm? Oh, very good question. We have uh, the stew because it doesn't have any milk, milk, meat, dairy, or eggs does not have to be as hot as, uh, as uh, dust for those with those products in it. But there are some co things called, uh, I think, Schaefer dishes. Um, 
Some people are going to have offered a roaster. Uh, our particular park has a plug-in. I've asked them to check and see if it works so we could have an extension cord and plug in a roaster and keep the stew warm that way. Uh, because you're right, uh, lukewarm stew when you're expecting a hot stew won't be so good. But if it's a hot day, then, you know, you know, it's it, when the taste is right, the spices are right, you know, it doesn't have to be. So, but that's what we're looking at. We're looking at borrowing some, some dishes from people. And let's see, what was another now, regulations? I think we touched on regulations, how they're a little bit different. Now, there are some people who they don't ask about regulations. I remember Renee and I, we just loaded up the back of the van with uh, beans and rice and, and bowls and napkins. And we drove where the homeless people were. And we just said, please stand in a line. They stood in a line and we gave them food till it was gone. Mm -hmm. And we didn't get any, nobody came over to stop us. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it depends. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. And I was imagining, well, not imagining, but I was thinking like if you could have them already in little, you know, little containers, and then you could just go out and hand out the containers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was uh, imagining it. Now, one of the things about containers, at least here in Texas, that's where I am, they want us to have uh, the label of where the food is coming from. So, you know, Rebecca Allen, Lockhart, Texas, with the address uh, for any food that you give out so that if there is a problem, they can get back to you. Um, I don't know if there's a big pot, how that works, <laughs> but I might get some labels ready just to have them on there. And also I think it would be good to have the ingredients because people don't know how conscientious we are. Mm. You know, oh, I, I'm allergic to nuts. Well, perfect, you know, because we're not going to have any, any allergens in there. Now that doesn't mean there aren't people who have an allergy. We served a universal meal at my sister's church and they have a friend there who is allergic to onions. So we took out the onion out of the onions of all the meals because, of, you know, we wanted to be accommodate. So not saying there aren't people who might have an allergy to something, but are not like broccoli. But uh, in general, you know, we know the foods that people like in our areas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good idea. And then having a little flyer, you know, even just a tiny little flyer about it and um, <clears throat> about how this is sustainable for the earth, right? For the good of all. That's a beautiful idea. We, we're gonna mm -hmm. make a flyer, we're gonna meet this week. We've been meeting every uh, Thursday night. This is, we had our fourth meeting, uh, third, third meeting last night. And we're, we're gonna meet about a flyer and we were thinking of just a nice pretty picture of veggies and uh, the stew and then where but i think you're right it would be nice to have something that that tells a little bit about it yeah i love that yeah um the other thing is i'm sorry marty Kita. No, i was just gonna say no no how everything's connected that's all exactly absolutely yeah and uh i was thinking being in the atlanta area marty Kita, that there must be if you go what i found is that if you go to google and you type in community kitchens in Atlanta, it shows up on Google Maps. There'll be probably a dozen red spots on Atlanta. And I don't know that any of those organizations even know about World Food Healers Day yet. Now they're probably in all likelihood 
not very many of them would be plant-based. But if they knew about World Food Dealers Day, then who knows, maybe some of them would, would make a plant-based meal that day. Usually they do have, for budgetary reasons, they have rice and beans some days of the week. So that could be one of the days that they focus on a rice and beans meal, but it would certainly uh, build their awareness of um, why go plant-based by being a part of World Food Healers Day. So um, if, you, if anyone in whatever city you happen to live in, if you go to Google Maps and you type in community kitchens in your area, whatever area it is, I find, I mean, it's unbelievable the number of these kitchens that there are in New York City, for instance. It's just one blob of red. So if we can help some of them to go plant-based or to at least serve plant-based meals on November 19th, that's another way that we can make a big impact. Right. One of the ways, uh, one of the things that I like to say is it sure does save in cross-contamination. I mean, when you take that food handler's course, half of it is about how not to get the meat touching the vegetables and, you know, all that stuff. And so you, a kitchen will avoid that. Um, so I, that one, and then the cost of it. I was just listening to um, a radio program who said, oh, my gosh, the cost of food is going up, especially the eggs, milk, and meat. And I'm like, yeah, you don't really need those at all. You know, so... This brings awareness without preaching. For instance, uh, neither of the LA group or, or Dr. Rao have flyers out. They're not trying to have a program out that explains and points to and, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but they do have a sign-up sheet for volunteers. And so it's a feel-good, no strings attached. You're here as a friend. and We honor you with this food. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. How long, when did you all become interested in, in health and in this area? What was, what brought you to this? Wow. Okay. Food healers, you know, came about with Dr. Rao speaking with, with other people about all kinds of things, infrastructure, what needs to be changed. And Jamin Shively had started a community kitchen, but for me, what's, first started the journey was um, as learning about the millions of chickens that were killed for bird flu and um, and mad cow disease. So that began my awareness of, hey, I do not want to participate in any way with that. And later uh, with my health, because I had just eaten, 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 eaten. <laughs> so, you know, which is easy to do in this country and the U.S. And, and other places too. So then it was a matter of my health and my doctor wanted me to go on some, some medicine to lower my cholesterol. And I just thought surely there's a way and I found a, a plant-based meal and I said, well, what about if I eat this way? And he said, well, you can try it. And then when I lost all this weight and got healthier, he said, oh, I wish all my patients would do that. So that's mm -hmm. another way that we get into this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In general, um, Climate Healers as a group, as an organization, we're looking for ways to build the new structures of a different way of living. And so 
we're not going to focus on um, fighting the old. We're looking for ways to build a new way. And there is a uh, United Nations goal to eliminate world hunger. It's been there, it's a stated goal uh, worldwide, which nations commit to um, and to make progress toward eliminating world hunger. But it's a matter of fact that we cannot, on this one planet, feed meat to every person on the planet. There's not enough land on the earth to produce enough meat to feed everyone. So that's impossible. We cannot meet that United Nations goal by feeding people meat. So how are we going to feed people? And this uh, decision to create a day, World Food Healers Day, is out to address that issue, that only if we serve plant-based meals can we feed everyone on Earth. They say there's enough food on Earth to feed everyone. Well, the problem is we're feeding a large percentage, I don't know if you remember, BJ, what percentage of the food that's produced on planet Earth, we're feeding it to the animals instead of feeding it to people, only in order to turn around and slaughter those animals and feed it to a very small percentage of humans, while the large, uh, a large percentage of humans go hungry and are starving. So um, this is a part of building a new structure rather than fighting the old ways. We're building a new structure for feeding everyone in response to this United Nations goal. BJ, you're muted. That's a building of the new. Um, Yes, I do remember those numbers. Uh, those. Thank you. Yeah, it's almost half. Forty-three percent of ice-free land goes to feed animals, and then we only get twelve percent of food from that. So there is a lot of waste. When people talk about wasting straws and wasting lettuce and all the food waste, it's important. But what's more wasteful is all of the waste from the animals, and that's in the IPC. They have they have the waste. Uh, chart there. Cropland that we use, half of the cropland goes to feed animals and the other half, less than half of it goes to feed humans. And that 80, 85% of the human diet on earth now is plant-based already. Isn't that something we already eat plants when you count in all the rest of the world, we just need to go a little bit further. And 3% is what we do to the oceans. And if you want to see those numbers, look at uh, Dr. Rao's paper called Animal Agriculture is the Leading Cause of Climate Change. And it is on the Climate Healers website. Climate Healers website under the science and you will see his agriculture paper and, and scroll down through that and you will see the charts that show how much damage we're doing. You will see the science that he picks up from the father of climate change, James Hansen, to Searchinger and all kinds of other scientists. And he puts their numbers together as an engineer and shows that animal agriculture is the leading cause of climate change. In fact, he is so, he's, he's feels so strongly about it. Uh, well, you feel about numbers, you know, but the numbers are there and he's taken it to engineering groups and all kinds of people. And he hasn't found anybody that can say he's wrong. So he's offered a reward. Let's make this an announcement. 
Dr. Rao has offered $100,000 to anyone who can show him scientifically that his paper is incorrect. Animal agriculture is the leading cause. and But just shouting that from the rooftops may not help. But feeding people, giving them free food is the way to change that. Yeah, and, and what your, your story was so powerful because there's so many people that are suffering and they, they think that's part of the natural, you know, that it's natural we get old, so we're going to have to start taking medicine. And it, I mean, here it is. Here's the answer to their prayers. And so you sharing that story, BJ, is very, very powerful and us being able to share it too. You know, oh, I have a friend, BJ, who, you know, she was struggling and look at her now. <laughs> Right, right, right. And it's happened It's happened again and again. Uh, my sister is an optometrist. And did you know that besides getting fatty liver, you can get fat deposits in your eye? Cataracts don't have to be. There's a number of eye diseases that are related to our diet. So, so I'm asking people because I don't want them to lose their life and their, their health, you know, without knowing that they can be healthy with a plant-based diet. So thank you for bringing that up. It's very inspirational. <laughs> thank you. Um, by feeding people plant-based meals on November 19th, yes, we're feeding people and we're feeding them a plant-based meal, but we're also educating and spreading the word about the importance of plant-based nutrition and about the impact on the environment, about the impact on world hunger. So yes, we're feeding meals, uh, but we're also feeding our minds and our hearts by doing these activities. Right, right. And I think the idea of not having, uh, we may have some posters up, but mostly I think we're not doing that because what we believe in is what you are doing here is that, that communication, you know, that personal contact and relationships that we have. So as we're talking with people and get to know them, then we find out what is it of interest to you? You know, if they bring up the climate, we know we can, if they bring up their health, we, we understand. Yeah, that, that's so crucial that we educate ourselves in all areas, you know, so that we're able. And, and if we don't know, then we'll that we can say, let me get back to you. So we don't disregard people that say it's going to be hard to give up meat or, you know, I, I can't imagine, you know, myself doing it. And then we say, well, those are just excuses. Right. We've got to be we've got to help them. Right. As the food healer, we're also like we're we're the. Um, you know, someone that cares, you know, the compassionate healer of the people. Right. The compassionate people. And, and compassion extends to animals. You know, we know that when we're thinking about our dogs and cats. And we know it when we see the pretty cows on the field. But we, we've got to remember that when it comes to the food also. Yeah. Also, um I've heard people ask, well, how could we possibly feed the entire planet for free? And for me, uh, it's just a different way of looking at it. It's a different paradigm to understand that there's plenty of food out there. If we're not locked into thinking we have to include animal parts in what we eat, 
There's plenty of food out there for everyone. As a matter of fact, if everyone were eating plant-based, we could return a, we could return enough of the land that's currently being used to grow animals to forests and we could reverse climate change in the process. So not only is there enough food for all of the people, but we can reverse climate change by returning the land back to forests that's currently being used to feed animals. So just think about that. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, when will it be too late? I mean, we have to act fast. Right. Um, I, I work a lot on this. I know Allison does too. Our climate healers are very aware that the time frame is a little bit shorter than people think. I'm wondering if somebody can mute for a minute. Um, in the World Wildlife Fund is a group that monitors the wildlife in terms of populations. And since 1970, they've been keeping track of what the wildlife populations are. And in 2012, they started measuring it every few years. And each year that they come back, we see that we have a 3% decline. So what that means is now we have lost since 1970, 70% of wildlife vertebrates. Well, Dr. Rao has done the math on that from every year, every year, every year. And we're, we're, looks like if we keep doing what we're doing, eating the amount of foods that we're eating that are animal foods, we will wipe out all wildlife vertebrates by 2026. So that's just four years from now just four years. That's why it's so important for us to, to work joyously because we know there's a solution, but to keep, keep at it because at some point there will be a tipping point of veganism, a tipping point of plant-based and people will like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize. And hopefully we can do that way before 2026 because by then, you know, with all the floods and fires and, uh, and all of the killing that goes on to protect the raised animals. You know, that's that's what happens there. So the time frames are short. And even with the oceans, you know, National Geographic has said by 2048. But now with the ice meltings at the ice caps, uh, both north and south are uh, faster than the scientists expect. So what do we do? We don't worry, but we take a deep breath and we keep moving. Right. So when we work together in a concerted way, going back to Dr. Rao's message that he sent out today, like when Mahatma Gandhi had everyone switch from wearing the British clothing to wearing the Kadi clothing, we, by eating plant-based and joining this movement, we can put the animal, uh, animal industry out of business, just like the British textile industry was put out of business. And that's what we need to do. So um, I would encourage everyone to, uh, to take this opportunity to do what we did it does best. And that is to inspire, in this case, by participating in World Food Healers Day. It truly is inspirational. I just thought of something. There's another way. If you're a person who who can't go out and do this, invite people to your home. 
Mm -hmm. for a unity stew. Mm -hmm. um, if you're a person who can't do that, ask your son or daughter, can you provide unity stew that day for me and my friends? So there, there are ways that we can do this in little amounts as well as, as, well as grandiose. Well, this has been a pleasure. I, I wonder if there are any more questions. <laughs> I don't see questions, but I see some nice comments. Looks good, you know, and um, I will let others know. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, and I love what you're saying. It doesn't have to be a grand, you know, a big old scale thing. Everyone makes a difference, right? Just sharing with one or two people and then sitting in unity. I mean, the blessing of this food from the earth, you know, from, I mean, in this beautiful gift. I mean, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Mardikita, would you just put up the web page for Food Healers once more sure. so that if anyone uh, missed it, they can copy it down. And that's where all of the information is that you would need. And also a place where you can ask any additional questions you have as you go along. And um, oh, yeah, that reminds me, we meet on Zoom every Friday. So if you're interested, um, there's a Friday meeting at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. Is that central? I think that's central. That's our yeah, time. Yeah. So central. 7 a.m. 7 a. Pacific. Right. And you can just pop in and, and ask a question. Well, how did you get those? What silverware did you use? Well, you know, that sort of thing. You can ask questions like that mm -hmm. anytime. Mm -hmm. And you have a calendar. Where's the calendar? Yes, the calendar is on the Climate Healers page. So if you go to climatehealers.org, that's where Dr. Rao's paper is. And oh my gosh, he's a prolific writer. Look under the blogs. But down in the For You section, F-O-R-U-Y-O-U, -U, go down and there's a calendar. And that calendar gives you the links for when we meet on Friday, when we meet on Mondays. So we have a lot of place things going on. And it's oh, it's oh, you're welcome to come and attend and check us out. I've also found BJ that if you just do a Google search for climate healers calendar, boom, comes right up. <laughs> oh, that's easy. Yes. <laughs> yep. Well, that's um, so everyone can find you at um, and on Facebook. You've got a Facebook page. You have an Instagram, YouTube. Well, not so much. Uh, I don't think Food Healers has those going yet. Okay, but Climate Healers. I mean, climate Healers does, yes. Okay, so Climate Healers on Facebook um, and, and mm -hmm. other social media. Yeah, because I want everybody to, to reach out and, and start subscribing and liking and joining the pages, right, and getting together and, and right. definitely seeing what actions that people are gonna take. So let us know in the comments what actions you all are gonna take. Reach out to us and, and inspire us. I'm inspired by everyone here. So thank you, ladies. Right. And if you wanna volunteer for Climate Healers, come to our meetings and let us know because we can always use some more help, maybe some more media. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I would, I would uh, remind you that we did it is one of the co-conveners for World Food Healers Day. So when you do go to the website and you click on the co-conveners tab, you'll see we did it. 
listed as one of the co-conveners of World Food Healers Day. Yeah, we're excited to work with you. I mean, when we all come together, we can make a difference. Like BJ said, in just in one little household, we're still making a big impact. Right. So thank you for having us, Marikita, and uh, we'll look forward to um, working together toward November 19th. Thank you all. This has been, yeah, it's been wonderfully informative. Great. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for watching. Yeah. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>